both coaching and mentoring um, isn't always done by someone who's been in the business for a long time. Um, it may be somebody who has just graduated from college or just, you know, come into the industry. I think that we need to be open and willing to listen and, um, and, and understand the other person's perspective. Hello and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders tend to shy away from. And we believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. I am your host, as always, Jeff Ma, and I want to have conversations and hear stories from real people about real businesses and see where love might fit into that equation. My guest today is Debbie Richards. Debbie is a learning architect, self-proclaimed geek, and early adopter of learning technologies. She's passionate about working with and mentoring other talent development professionals, and she's the past president of the Association for Talent Development, or ATD, the Houston chapter, and a past national advisor for ATD chapters as well. She sits on the board of directors for LD Cares, which is a nonprofit providing coaching, mentoring, and resources for uh, talent development professionals so that they can thrive and flourish. So I'm so excited to have her here today. And I want to uh, welcome her here on the show. And I'm excited to um, have her share wisdom and experience around coaching and mentoring and other topics. So, Debbie, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Jeff. Happy to be here. You know, before we hit record here, you had just uh, mentioned a trip you just had, and I just want to hit it real quick because you won a a very a very big award this past week. Can you tell us what that was? Yes. Uh, so I was at Learning 2022 in Orlando. That is a conference for um, learning leaders in our industry, and I um, it's it's sponsored by the Learning Guild which is an association for people in the talent development world. Um, it's a free organization to join, and I would recommend that anybody is interested in talent development join that association. Um, but they have an, an honor called the Guildmaster. And the Guildmaster is um, the idea of um, recognizing members who've contributed to the community, uh, both quantity and quality of content, um, and it's for outstanding contributions to the learning technologies industry. So I was excited uh, to get that award. It was unexpected. Um, and I joined about 20 plus prof learning professionals in our industry uh, obtaining that award. Oh, I'll show you. Oh, yeah. Do you have a video? It's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful plaque. I love it. Con <laughs> congratulations, Debbie. That's amazing. Thank you. So let's start by um, talking about the, the journey, the path, I guess, from wherever you'd like to begin the past and all the way to Guildmaster. <laughs> where, where does your, where does your, where does your passion come from along the way? What, what has made you kind of arrive at where you are today? So I, um, I've always been interested in technology ever since I was a little girl. Um, I have a computer science background. I was a robotics programmer early on in my career, and I've done a number of things. Um, I live in Houston, Texas, and when I moved to Houston, um, 
I didn't have, I didn't know too many people and I wanted to get involved in our community and meet other people. So I joined uh, a local association, which is the Association for Talent Development. Um, and it is an, a community that allows you to network with people that are like you. Um, I know sometimes when we talk about what we do for work, um, sometimes people don't understand what we do. I know when I used to describe what I did to um, my nephews and nieces, I would talk about it and they would say, well, so you work in an office, you send people email, you talk to them on the computer and that's what you do all day long. And, you know, I just trying to explain to people what you do is sometimes difficult. So having a group of people that you can hang out with and talk to that do things that are very similar to, to what you do and, and they can share experiences. Um, you can gripe about things or you can um, celebrate things is, is wonderful. Um, when I joined the association, it was a very different association. And for me as a technology person, I still kind of felt lost because I uh, couldn't find people that had my love for technology and who were interested in pioneering um, learning into technology. And this was in the early ages of when we were just putting um, things out on the internet um, that kind of ages me, but um, I've been around the industry for a long time. And I was at, I remember I was at a meeting one time and this, I was complaining to this woman about how the topics and things that, that um, the association discussed were not very interesting to me. I couldn't find people that were doing the same thing or had the same passion. And I remember this woman said to me, she says, put your big girl pants on and get it started. So that was, uh, that was a mantra for me. And I took that to heart. So I started bringing in um, technology and, and searching out for those people and then bringing them to the association. And that has been uh, my passion for many, many years is introducing people to technology, making it easy for them. Um, I taught a class yesterday to a group uh, of people that worked at a company on how to use um, a software package to create e-learning. And we had people in the class that had all different levels of experience. Um, they, some who were instructional designers and had formal training in developing online learning and some who didn't that were just subject matter experts. And it was my job to help them understand how to use this tool to create learning and to um, give them enough information so they could get started and, and be successful. So, um, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm also very excited about bringing in people into um, the organization. So the, the talent development organization overall. Uh, and I mentor a number of people. Um, I have a, a number of folks that, that contact me and they, they either need like one-time advice or ongoing support. And I feel like um, particularly in our industry, that is something that, um, that we all can share and help with. And that's part of the mantra for L&D Cares, which is our nonprofit organization, is we're there to help um, people who have been either displaced or who are trying to get into the talent development field. And 
our current mission right now, in fact, we've been talking about this week and we're, we're trying to help is the, help the number of people who've been displaced at Amazon, especially those in HR and L&D, um, trying to help them, um, coach them, mentor them as well. Amazing. Doing so much, have done so much. Do you Are you still in touch with the person who told you to put your big girl pants on? I am. She's retired now, but, um, you know, I keep in touch with her. I keep, uh, I let her know what I'm doing and, and how things are going. And, and um, uh, she's still, she's a coach for me and a mentor as well. That's amazing. Does she know the impact that her words have had on your life? Oh, she does. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So um, I guess just you, you last mentioned L&D Cares and this mission you're, you're, you're on. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, learning and development in general as, as um, like these professionals and, and what's, what's unique about this, this realm uh, that, that you've experienced? So um, talent development, learning and development is um, a part of, sometimes it's a part of human resources in enterprise organizations. Uh, other times it's a separate component um, um, it has its own silo, but it is the, the agency within an enterprise organization that um, helps their employees with professional development. Now, some of that professional development may be um, compliance training. So, for example, um, uh, I've been working with a company as a contractor, and so e even though I'm not an employee of the company, I, like like all the contractors, like all the employees had to take a course in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. So we had to, to learn how to set up um, and, uh, and use passwords. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, but I'll just tell you, I, I took that course and I learned something new. Hmm. Um, and so uh, there are some things that are required by different companies that may be safety related, that may be things around cybersecurity or harassment in the workplace. And then there are other courses that are courses on how to use software, um, how to um, communicate and work with others in the workplace. During the pandemic, we had to, to push out training on how to use um, communication tools like Microsoft Teams. So L&D has, plays a very important part in the organization to help educate and promote professional development. Um, and there are a number of people who are very passionate about that. There are um, for, there's so many different components to that. Um, in most enterprise organizations, you have a learning management system that employees go out and they take, they um, log in, they take their training, they can see their transcripts, um, they can search for classes, and those courses may be developed in-house or they may um, obtain those courses through an agency, for example, Skillsoft or LinkedIn Learning or something like that. But now um, the learning management system is a little more holistic. It has other components, so it may have a talent development component as well. So it may have um, the ability for people to have succession planning or performance or any number of things. So it's the hub of, of that, that skill set. And recently, um, learning and development has taken on the, the task of helping with DEI as well. Mm -hmm. So 
um, a, a number of the companies that I work with, they've established communities. Um, so they have a community for um, women in the workplace or uh, different minorities, um, veterans, any number of, of, um, of, of communities that meet and talk about different topics and they're able to share experiences and provide support for each other. Um, because of that, because of the diversity of all these different types of, of, of things, the talent development, um, uh, learning and development, DEI, there are so many opportunities for people to come into our field. And there are, amazingly, there are a number of job opportunities. Um, something that we see, we've been seeing a lot of, um, are people that are leaving um, education and wanting to come into the enterprise learning. Um, I'm a little sad about that because we really need teachers um, that are working in our public schools, but um, we've seen a lot of the, the shift of those people moving into enterprise organizations and, and wanting to work with adult learning. And it's, it's a little different than, than teaching in the public system. Mm -hmm. For sure. I know a lot of your focus is around talent development, learning development, and also mentoring. Um, where do you think you get this passion from? Where is this, what draws you to it? Uh, I, for me personally, it's just um, thinking about um, the ability to, um, to help others, um, to um, help in the community, because we have, um, it, it's up to us to shape and um, and to share our experiences for the for the future, you know, if we've spent a lot of time building an organization, getting it the you know getting it to a certain point, I certainly don't want to just leave without a good succession plan. You know, I want to leave with um, information so people can handle different scenarios. If something happens, they understand how to handle it. Um, and they're able to communicate, they're able to take on those roles. And it's a challenge. I mean, um, a lot of the associations that we belong to, the majority of people in the association are volunteers. Um, there may be a, a couple of people who are paid, but everybody else is donating their time. And so sometimes things um, go by the wayside because we're really busy trying to just accomplish the big tasks. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of little tasks that we need to do to, to keep the association going as well. That makes sense. And, you know, the, the reason I was so excited to have you come talk today is because we, we with Love as a Business Strategy and everything we talk about and everything we work towards, it, it's about um, organizational like um, success, but it really always boils down to individual behavior and individual mindsets and all these things. And a huge variable and factor in that is coaching and mentoring and learning systems and, and how these norms and these behaviors, you know, um, spread within organizations, how they're gained and how they're retained. And so I really wanted to pick your brain today on kind of love as we just sum it up in one word is really made up of so many different behaviors, right? From building trust to being vulnerable, to having empathy, all these things. Um, but this, this element of, of coaching and mentoring through those things and, and 
helping others achieve those things it's just it's just paramount right like it, it doesn't happen on your own it needs it needs the um, leaders to not only demonstrate it but then guide others through it um and it needs people to lift each other up through it so i really wanted to get your perspective and maybe your experience in in this specific arena of of coaching and mentoring and learning right how what have you seen that works or doesn't work i know it's a very broad question but mm -hmm. i just i just want to know like what does love look like in your in your experience yeah i think it uh it starts with an open mind um because both coaching and mentoring um, isn't always done by someone who's been in the business for a long time. Um, it may be somebody who has just graduated from college or just, you know, come into the industry. I think that we need to be open and willing to listen and, um, and, and understand the other person's perspective. And yeah, I've read the, the, the book as well, and I think that's a theme that runs throughout the biz, the book as well, is that you need to um, you need to put yourself in other people's shoes. Um, and, and I think that's true with anything that has to do with both coaching and mentoring is um, understanding um, where somebody else is coming from, understanding um, what you can do to help them. And whether it's something that, you know, um, that you give them a, um, you, you, you have a conversation and you come out of that conversation and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do and here's what you're going to do. And you have that, um, you have that commitment to each other to accomplish that task. And you know that that task is going to help both parties. Um, it's important to have, uh, have that type of relationship. And uh, again, I, I've, I've been coached and mentored by young people and I learn so much from them. Um, and, and I think that's the mindset we have to have is, is that it's not always a, you know, a one way street. It, it goes both ways and we can learn from each other. What's your, your favorite coaching and mentoring success story? Um, so I will say, um, so when 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 you're mentoring we're trying to help other people grow and develop and again that person could be a younger person or an older person and for me um the the kinds of things that i really enjoy doing is is having somebody have their first experience with technology so i um right now i'm doing a lot of work in virtual reality and I'll just say in general, when I put somebody in a virtual reality headset for the first time and they have that experience, um, it is just a joy to, to hear them and to hear them talk. Um, I, uh, I worked with a group just recently when we're working on a training project and um, I put somebody in the headset. They'd never been in a headset before, walked them through an experience, and then um, they they tried the experience a couple times, and then we brought somebody else in who also had never had that experience. And I watched the person who I just had had just taught teach the other person and walk them through. And I mean, it had been a matter of like 15 minutes, and and he did a great job of taking this this other person in. And I was just sitting there going, yes, you know. Um, uh, it's it's just a joy to to see that happen. So for me, 
um, that's a that's an example of of something that that gives me great pleasure um, is to 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 see people experience new technologies. Hmm. Can you help me, I guess, in your words, define the difference between coaching and mentoring? Is there a difference, and what do you see? Yeah. So for mentoring, I think you use the your knowledge to help somebody else grow. So it's the idea of of you know, like I have been uh, in technology for a long time. I have also uh, done a number of of different jobs. Um, I've worked in a corporation. I've worked on my own. Um, uh, at the Learning 2022 conference, there were a number of people who came up to me and asked me about about starting their own business or becoming a consultant, and they wanted, you know, me to give them some advice and some um, some things that they should do. So I shared my experiences and my skills um, with them to help them with that. So I consider that being a mentor. Um, somebody who is a coach, not only do they do those sorts of things, but um, they ask the person that they're working with what goals they have, and then they help them achieve those goals. Hmm. So it's slightly different. Are you saying that uh, coaching in, like encompasses, like you, to coach, you have to mentor, but not vice versa? Or are they two separate things? I, I kind of think sometimes the lines get blurred. Yeah. But, um, but I think uh, for if you're coaching someone, there is a clear objective so that, you know, they say, I want to learn this by X date, um, or I want to be able to be proficient in something by X date, and then you help them along the way. Um, a mentor could be a one-time mentor, or it could be a lifelong mentor. Um, I had a, a wonderful mentor for many years. Her name was Sandy State, and she's no longer with us, but she was someone who I would reach out to because um, she helped me along the way with her experiences. She'd worked in enterprise learning for many, many years. Um, the first time I wanted to do a presentation, I'd never done a presentation to an association, and she had done that. Um, I reached out to her for advice, um, and, and she um, provided a lot of knowledge and information for me. Um, so she, in that stage, she was a mentor, but she also coached me through my uh, goal of becoming a speaker, and she helped me achieve that goal. So um, now I speak probably at 10 plus conferences a year, um, and um, I, owe, I feel like I owe a lot of that to Sandy. That's amazing. Um, I'm really curious what in your experience makes, like what qualities or behaviors really make a, a, a good coach and mentor? Um, I think, uh, number one, I think it's somebody who has really good listening skills, um, who, can, who can listen to the person that they're mentoring or coaching, and they're able to, um, to format in their mind something that would help that person. Um, to me, that's the number one um, thing that they need to do is, um, like I said, they, um, um, if you are doing um, a, a coaching, you're trying to achieve a certain goal. Mentoring may last for years. Um, it's, um, it's something that it's a long-term relationship. 
whereas coaching may be, you know, just let's let's work on this specific thing that you want to accomplish. And um, the person who is helping needs to understand the difference and needs to be able to to relate to the person that they're working with. That makes sense. Um, in my mind, I feel like a strong like mentor mentee relationship includes a lot of, you know, in my mind, at least it feels like it requires a lot of trust and, and vulnerability um, between the two, the, the relationship really. Um, would you say that's true? And if so, you know, how do you go about, you know, properly building that in that relationship? Well, there's, um, if you want to become a professional coach, um, there are a lot of, of things that you can do. There is the, um, there's actually an association of professional coaches that you can join. There's a lot of, of, of training um, that you can go through. Um, and, but you don't necessarily have to, you don't necessarily have to do that. Um, I think that, um, that, the, that you've got to have, um, a, like I said, this, that, that ability of listening. Um, you need to, if you were like a manager and you're coaching or mentoring a support, you know, somebody who um, is under you, understanding um, your particular goal, like you may be mentoring somebody or coaching them to achieve their goal and, and your goal is to retain them as an employee or to meet certain business goals as well. And how are you going to, how are you going to do that? Um, communication is huge for in, in any case. Um, and then just, it just kind of depends on the nature of the, of the coaching program that you're doing. Yeah. And I think the context that I'm asking under is I think many of the listeners are in leadership roles already. So like various, right. Team leads all the way up to CEOs or whatever it may be. And I'm, I, I know that for them, there there's this connection that at least I draw to this role that the leader should be a mentor, should be a coach and be playing that role for their team at any given time. I'm not sure everybody understands what that might entail. And so regardless of the type of team, the type of leader, you know, what would you, what advice do you have for, for them as they're building their team and growing their team and how to move in that direction? So for the mentoring standpoint, I think it's really important to be an active listener um, and to get an idea and, and um, to talk with the person that you're going to mentor prior before you enter into that solution. Um, you want to make suggestions. Maybe you make connections for them. You give them um, a connection to something that's going to help them. So for example, I'm actually mentoring a young lady right now and um, it, she's wanting to get into learning and development. And so I made the connection and, and uh, suggested that she join our local ATD chapter and attend a meeting, which she did. And she, she met some people there that are, are probably going to help her with her, her journey to become a member of the L&D community. From the, the coaching side, um, it, the, the idea is, is to help somebody find a solution but you don't tell them how to do it and you don't lead them to that solution. You help them find a solution. Um, you listen to the person, you help them identify a plan or a solution and then, and, um, and then help them 
um, uh, actually achieve that plan, so achieve that goal or whatever they're they're trying to do. Um, so the um, with 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 mentoring, you may have different choices, um, different goals, and different things that you're doing. Coaching is much more structured, and and it's uh, it may have a shorter time period. And um, uh, usually, you may have a coach that's within your organization, and a mentor might be outside of your organization. Mm-hmm. They might be somebody who works for a different company, or somebody that you met on you met on LinkedIn, or um, at um, a networking event or a conference who um, who you think could help you with um, uh, what you're trying to do, how you're trying to build your career, or uh, you're at a fork in the road and you need to make a decision. I, this is something I talked about at, at Learning 2022 is there are a number of people who need to make a decision do they want to um, become a manager. You know, they're at a certain level in their organization and they say, do I want to become a manager or do I just want to be a high performer? Um, or do I want to break away from this organization and, and start um, out on my own? And so a mentor is a good person to talk to and to, to kind of help them um, with that as well. And awesome. you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't have that conversation with somebody in your organization, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, because that's uh, that could be very sensitive. Um, last question uh, before we run out of time here, but I, um, it may be, I guess it's starting, to, it's starting to feel like an old topic, but I still always want to know um, how has the pandemic and the changes that have happened in the last two plus years um, affected these, this, uh, your ability or what you've seen people's abilities to be in terms of effectively coaching and mentoring, has it impacted in, in, in what ways? Well, I, I think um, when we first started into the pandemic, people were getting used to communicating uh, virtually because for before that, I mean, we, we had meetings that were virtual and we had things that we were doing, but that wasn't our only option. You know, we could go meet for coffee. We could do things uh, differently. Um, and when we were thrown in the pandemic to only meeting virtually, um, there was a challenge to that because there isn't a sense where you can, you know, you feel like you're really um, making eye contact. You're really having that personal discussion. Um, and it has carried through because now a lot of companies are saying, well, this worked out great. Um, we can downsize our organization. We don't have to have everybody come into the office. A lot of companies have have um, uh, hoteling that they're using where people can go in and they can they don't have a real office at their organization. They reserve a space to come in for meetings or 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 to just work in the office. And so there isn't that sense of being able to to go over to the water cooler where or the break room and have a conversation. Um, I am actually mentoring a young woman who was hired into an organization and she, the only um, uh, way that she has communicated with others in her department and in her company is virtually. She has never met her boss in person. Mm-hmm. She's never met any of the people she work, works at, with in person. And so she feels really isolated. You know, uh, she understands why we're doing that. And Hey, we used to do that. I mean, we're a uh, lot 
enterprise organizations are global enterprise and you have people working all over the world. But, you know, we would come together at different times and, and, and meet and break bread together. So it, it does feel a little bit isolated and we have to figure out a way to, to break that and to, um, to reach through the screen and have that, um, um, have the mentoring and have uh, the coaching where people feel like they're still having that, that bond between them. And I'm, I don't know, um, for some people that, that works, others, they just can't, they still just can't do it. They, they really want to meet in person. And I know with our local ATD chapter, that's been a big challenge. Um, once you, um, you know, you live in the city of Houston, it's 60 miles anywhere you go. <laughs> and um, to get people to come to an in-person meeting now is difficult because people say, well, you know, before the pandemic, I would come because we, you know, we didn't have any other option, but now you could have a webinar instead of having me come to that meeting <laughs> and I could just jump on that webinar and I don't have to leave my house or my office. I would prefer a webinar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a matter of, you know, uh, if you, if you go to an in-person meeting, you're not just spending one hour, you may be spending three hours going in traffic to the location and then going back. And you really have to make a commitment to doing that in-person meeting. But it's so important. I think it's it's so important for us to meet in person at least once in a while. And, um, you know, we don't necessarily have to hug, but just to, to share a, a conversation across a table and to, to work together is, is very important. Um, and I hope that our society doesn't lose that. Agreed. Debbie, thank you so much for spending your time today and chatting with us. And um, I've learned a lot. I really appreciate um, the perspective and clarity around coaching and mentoring that you gave us today. So um, truly, truly thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. And, and best of luck to, to you and your organization as well. The book is fantastic. I've been giving it to all my friends. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, you segue me perfectly into my closing plug. Please check out the book. Uh, as Debbie says, it's great. I'm not allowed to say it, but she said it. <laughs> um, go check it out. It's available on the retailers that you might uh, use. And thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we tr try to get this, these episodes out every week for you. And if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear it. Please subscribe and rate uh, and tell friends. We love to share this community and this conversation with you. And so with that, I want to say thank you again to Debbie. Thank you to the listeners and everybody have a great week. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs>